Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, St. Uh, what is it? St. John, Random Lake, Wisconsin, also known as Sherman Center, the center of town of Sherman. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. Come to you each morning at about 9 o'clock Central Time. And uh, yeah, it's good to see you checking in the chat. A little cloudy morning. Uh, the weather is finally going to be fall again, it looks like. It was uh, nice to have a brief, uh, what do they call it, Indian summer? Not sure where that came from. And yes, one little word can fell him, namely, um, I am God's child, or I am forgiven, or I am baptized. There's lots of ways that you can fell um, Satan's attacks, and that those are the words, uh, as we just heard in A Mighty Fortress. All right, um, today we're going to continue in the book of Numbers and Hebrews. Hebrews is our first reading, and Numbers is our reading for catechesis, and now Numbers will be chapter 11. And uh, what we saw already foreshadowed, I think, yesterday, we'll see play out today in real time with God's people um, in the wilderness of Paran. All right, well, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm today is psalm number two. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Why do the nations rage? Of course, it's a really good question, isn't it? Um, well, they rage because they are in living in rejection to the authority of God, uh, namely his anointed one, that would be Christ, who is uh, King of kings and Lord of lords, whether they know it or believe it themselves. And I think that's an important um, note. I've seen this as of late, there's been pejorative arguments against what, uh, what's being called Christian nationalism. And I think the suggestion is, or the fear-mongering is, that uh, Christians want to state, take over state government or federal government and, um, and then run off anybody who is not Christian. Of course, um, you know that that's not anything that we teach, especially we as Lutherans teach the distinction of um, the two kingdoms, the secular and the spiritual, kingdom of God and the kingdom of earth. And uh, we actually believe that the, the kingdom of the earth is actually under the devil's sway by the Lord's doing, by his, by his giving, actually. He's given this world over to him. We did by our sin, and God allows the devil then to prowl about 
here and before he's finally cast into the pit on the last day. Um, so that does mean that the life of the Christian is going to be one of struggle against um, the ways of this world, which are under the devil's influence, and also the devil himself with his lies and temptations and the demonic. All right? So why do the nations rage? It's because they're part of the sinful uh, fallen world, and they continually are refusing the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, now here, this is written by David, we talked about yesterday, and uh, David is suggesting that the only way to be uh, a king at peace is to be a king that lives in, uh, in fear of the Lord and rejoice and trembling and always is looking out um, well, to do the Lord's bidding, otherwise the wrath of God will be poured out against you as a, as a ruler. All right. And so regardless of whether uh, our civil government believes that they're under the lordship of Jesus Christ, uh, the reality is that that's true, and their rejection of him and his lordship will ultimately result in pain, misery, suffering, God's wrath being poured out against them and against those, unfortunately, those subjects under, the, under him or, or her. All right, so that's, our, I think, our biggest challenge, of course, as we see our, our God, uh, ungodly uh, civil rule, especially at a federal level and even at a state level. Um, you see this in our recent Supreme Court uh, appointee and the, um, um, the way that they promote um, death, actually, a culture of death. Well, that, um, God will, <laughs> maybe for a time he'll be patient with us, um, but his wrath is being kindled and it will burn hot against us for that, against, uh, unfortunately. Um, so what is our response to that? Of course, um, to pray for them, um, to call them to repentance, which I think, I, I mentioned that in Bible study, I brought it up again yesterday with our teachers, and uh, they think it would be funny for me to have a conversation with a civil ruler calling them to repentance, but, um, well, if they're if they're of faith, they may receive it um, as the work of the Spirit uh, and, and repent. Um, if they're not of faith, um, well, they might be converted anyway, which is the story of Jonah with the, um, of the king of Nineveh, right, who repents in sackcloth and ashes, and Jonah is confused as to why um, God's word actually does such a great thing. Uh, maybe we shouldn't be so confused by that. Anyway, um, so we have this kind of dialogue, uh, internal dialogue of God the Father and the Son. We also have the antagonism of secular rulers, and uh, and then the commending, uh, David here commending kings to be wise and to actually submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, that way it will go well with them and they not perish on the way. Uh, God will, will um, pour out his anger, his wrath upon those who rebel against his word, and uh, but of course he'll give refuge to those who take refuge in him all right um so there's always a way out there's always a way forward and i think we miss that we just black pill like our world's going to hell well okay um but it doesn't have to at least it will in the lord's doing and is his time but we don't have to escalate that or or, or push that along there can be a brief time of respite or peace um and so pray for godly rulers or pray that the rulers we have uh, would serve um, under the lordship uh, of Jesus Christ and his according to his word. All right. And we usually pray for that each week in the prayer of the church, don't we? All right. Uh, memory verse for the week. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Luke 12, verse 15. And the ninth and tenth commandments. Ninth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not scheme to get our neighbor's inheritance or house or get it in a way which only appears right, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. Tenth commandment, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. What does this mean? 
We should fear and love God so that we do not entice or force away our neighbor's wife, workers, or animals, or turn them against him, but urge them to stay and do their duty. Okay. Our re- first reading today is from the writer, our preacher to the Hebrews, I should say. Um, again, Hebrews now, chapter 10. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord, and again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. All right. Not not a um, a popular teaching, <laughs> we'll put it that way. Um, but there, you see this also in Paul's other writings, where the um, the one who does not know and who sins in ignorance is of a different category than those who sin in, with the knowledge of God's grace and mercy, who have received um, the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus' name, who have communed at the altar, um, receiving Christ's body and blood, but then reject it and and leave it. Um, how much worse, actually, their sin is multiplied against them. And I, I think that's probably your common experience, right? The, the people that are harder to reach, hardest to reach, I experienced this as pastor, you probably have within your family or friends, are those who once uh, were faithfully faithful Christians, that is, attending to God's word and sacrament, um, but now have walked away from that. Um, how much harder it is to reach them, at least in experience. I'm not going to say it's impossible. The writer of the Hebrews does, uh, which is controversial. That was back in chapter 6. but. Um, and I, and I would suggest um, it's more hyperbolic than it is literal. But in any case, um, here you can see why. Because um, to uh, reject the law um, does have its penalty, but it's in the flesh. But to reject the uh, Son of God is to reject eternal life, to reject forgiveness of sins. And how much worse that would be. Um, so, uh, as we say in the first commandment, we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Right? And that fear of the Lord... Um, is the beginning of wisdom. To fear the Lord means to fear his wrath and not do anything against his word, um, but to trust with every, for, in him for every grace and blessing. We're going to see that play out here in the reading from uh, Numbers 11 as well. Right? To fear the Lord and to trust in him for, every, for grace and every blessing. All right. So Numbers chapter 11. Now, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord, for the Lord heard it, and his anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he came to name the place Taborah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now more detail about what just happened. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings, so so the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up, and there is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color like the color of bedalium. The people went about and gathered it, and ground it in, on millstones, and, or beat it with in the mortar, cooked it in pans, and made cakes of it. And its taste was like the taste of pastry prepared with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. Then Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, everyone at the door of his tent, and the anger of the Lord was greatly aroused. Moses also was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you afflicted your servant, 
And why have I not found favor in your sight, that you have laid the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them, that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom, as a guardian carries a nursing child, to the land which I, you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep all over me, saying, Give us meat, that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone, because the burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, please kill me here and now, if I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my wretchedness. So the Lord said to Moses, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tabernacle of meeting, that they may stand there with you. And then I will come down and talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you, and will put the same upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you, that you may not bear it yourself alone. Okay. So, um, what were the people doing here? Complaining about their hardships. All right. And I suspect that this is something that may resonate with you. I think, especially our lay leaders in our congregation, uh, we we often hear many complaints, right? And uh, I'm not saying they're not legitimate. They're often quite legitimate, right? Um, I imagine, you know, I don't really see a... uh, uh, economic future for us, not just our country, but our world, um, that's going to be pleasant. Uh, we're going to go into a bust cycle, as they call it. We've had the boom, now we're going to have the bust, just the way we've structured our economy, apparently. Just booms and busts, boom and bust, boom and bust. That's what we do. And uh, so um, we're going to be in a bust, and it's going to be quite difficult for our people. And I imagine there'll be a quite, you know, quite a lot of complaining uh, about hardships. And, and again, those hardships being quite real. All right. Uh, but the problem is, is that uh, if those complaints are kept to us or if they're put upon um, the wrong agent, um, we're not actually complaining to the one who can do anything about it um, or who, especially to the one who's promised to do anything about it, which is the Lord. So um, instead, your complaints are not against me, they're against the Lord, Moses says elsewhere. And thus, um, the Lord hears their complaints and he actually um, sends the fire among them, which is quite interesting, the fire of the Lord. There is a, a direct connection between fire and anger when it comes to the Lord. Um, we, we hear his anger burning hot, right? We heard that in this reading. Uh, even the other prophets talk about it this way. Uh, for example, Jeremiah 15, And I will make you cross over with your enemies into the land which you do not know. For a fire is kindled in my anger, which shall burn upon you. The fire is connected to his anger. Or Deuteronomy 32, for fire is kindled in my anger and shall burn to the lowest hell. It shall consume the earth with with her increase and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. That was all in the song of Moses, um, his farewell song. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah mentioned there too, as examples, I suppose. Yeah. And then Moses dies. Uh, Moses' farewell song is pretty, pretty intense. All right. Go read that in Deut- Deuteronomy 32. Uh, but notice here that the fire is quenched. When Moses prayed to the Lord, verse 2, right? So this shows us our need um, for an intercessor to intercede so that the fire, the wrath of the fire of God uh, does not consume us. Of course, that that is Jesus who intercedes for us before the Father, okay? Uh, so then they name the place what hap- based off of what happens, ter- uh, Tabarah, which means uh, the fire of the Lord burned among them. All right, and then uh, this is either a continuation of that story or I think a little bit further detail maybe. but. Uh, yeah, we noticed that the fire burned on the um, outskirts of the camp, and of course that's where the 
the rabble or the mixed multitude would be, right? That's uh, the non-Israelites dwelling among the Israelites. Remember, the structuring of uh, the tribes around the tabernacle was according to the tribes of Jacob. So then on the outskirts would be those not of Jacob, not of um, Israel. And uh, yeah, so we can tell why. Again, they were complaining, uh, yielding to their intense craving, craving for other food, right? Um, They wanted meat other than what the Lord had given and provided in the Passover. Remember, this is coming right out, you know, right in, right after they just celebrated the Passover. All right. Um, And so they remember what they ate in Egypt. I love the list here. It's so beautiful, right? We had cucumbers and melons. These are all fresh, you know, veg and fruit, right? Um, That would be um, quite sweet. Melons, leeks, onions, and garlic, also savory, right? Sweet and savory um, and refreshing. That's what they're looking back to Egypt for. Um, But what should they have remembered? (laughs) You know, I think it's pretty clear here. They should have remembered what God had provided them. For example, um, back in Exodus, um, when they complained, there was the promise of, of um, of the bread and the and the meat. So the quails in the evening and the uh, dew in the morning, right? The dew, or excuse me, the manna in the morning, the dew. And then, of course, the promise of the Passover, right? In Exodus, um, or mm, yeah, Exodus 20, all right? Uh, Numbers 9, actually, is when they, we just read that, right? Yeah, where they celebrated the second Passover. So we have both the manna, the quail, and the Passover, and they've been receiving that. Um, and so what are they really complaining about? Is their complaint... Uh, grass is greener kind of thing, I suppose, which you know is a fallacy. All right, so the manna comes at night when the dew comes upon the ground. And uh, they figured out many ways to prepare the manna, which is pretty cool, right? They have their cookbooks, all the different ways to prepare the manna. Uh, but these people, these mixed multitude, these uh, likely Egyptians looking back to even their slave food in Egypt, right? Remember the meat pots? Um, they're weeping, or uh, they're complaining. And then Israel is weeping. Um, at the doors of their tents. How does Moses respond to the wailing of the people? He complain, uh, prays to the Lord. Right? Um, so as I mentioned to the children, it was actually a great uh, object lesson, is that we had some uh, children that were a little uh, upset to be in chapel this morning. And, and they, they bring everybody, you know, when you have a few people complaining, everybody ends up complaining. If you have one grumpy person, everybody gets grumpy. Mom's grumpy, everybody's grumpy. Dad's grumpy, everybody's grumpy. You know the idea, right? And that's what's happened here. These mixed multitude are, are, are complaining, and thus uh, the complaints spread, you know. Uh, Moses says in verse 14, what? He, he gives all the complaints to the Lord, and he says, I'm not able to bear all these people alone. This burden is too heavy for me, all right? Uh, and he's absolutely right. This is not a burden that he's going to be, that he's given to carry alone, right? No man could do such a thing, except for God made flesh, right? Jesus, the bread of life, who bears all of our burdens and raises up us to eternal life. Only one can carry the burdens and the complaints of all people, and that is Jesus. So um, I think you, you know, the man in the wilderness is the hint here that you should go to the New Testament man in the wilderness discourse, which is in John 6 after the feeding of the 5,000. Remember what Jesus says there. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set on him his seal. Right? And then later on he says, Most assuredly I say to you, uh, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gave you the true bread from heaven, for the bread 
of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Uh, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. Don't murmur among yourselves, or complain, or grumble. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. For it is written in the prophets, you know, so you see all of this. Um, This is the language of the manna and the bread, and Jesus being the one who carries the burdens and the weights of the world. And of course here, Jesus in John tells us that the benefit of his bearing our sins is eternal life. So what food then should we crave? Again, John, John 6. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my um, blood is drink indeed. He who eats of my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Right. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread, that's of Jesus, um, lives forever. And of course, his word is our bread indeed. Um, you also hear allusions there because of flesh and blood to the Lord's Supper, which will be instituted later. All right. Um, so what does the Lord, the Lord actually hears Moses' complaint. Um, they're going to have their quail tomorrow. We're going to hear that. Um, but also the Lord um, uh, recognizes that Moses cannot carry this burden alone and he should not. And so um, he has Moses bring 70 elders to the tabernacle that they might stand with him, that they might stand with him all right, and promise that they would, that he would come down and speak to Moses, and then he would give to the 70 the spirit that was also upon Moses so that they too could carry this burden. I think this is something, um, as pastor, that um, I haven't been really, well, I've struggled, actually, um, in every parish I've served, um, except for Chicago. Chicago had um, done the legwork and the hard work um, to to create a core of, of elders. Those were men that could come alongside the pastor and support the pastor in his work. Um, it was a great group of guys there in Chicago, and it was a hard place to serve, being on the north side of Chicago. Um, you know, a relatively wealthy neighborhood, but still, um, you know, there was a great deal of crime and, and, and difficulty just being in the city. But the other parishes I've served, it's been a struggle um, to find godly men who had the Spirit upon them. Um, you know, we, had, we have, certainly have men in the congregation, but um, they're not as committed to the study of God's Word and... Um, which is how the Spirit is given, of course, in baptism as well, and in the supper, uh, regular, consistent attendance. And so um, we do have a few here, um, and I'm thankful for them. Um, but, I mean, even uh, the weight of our congregation, it's, um, I would suggest it's being borne, not by me alone, of course, um, but by um, some of those, those men, and even some women um, in our leadership. And uh, it gets quite fatiguing actually, I think spiritually as much, and then the spiritual has its effect physically, and that uh, um, far better would be to, to raise up uh, heads of household within our congregation that can all share that burden together, rather than uh, putting that burden on just a few, um, because it, it is, is difficult, not just the economics of uh, having a church with a school in, in a rural um, setting today, with reduced family sizes and all of the challenges that have come with that, um, but also um, just all the other um, challenges of our world and the the attacks upon um, God's word and biblical morality and all of that. Um, so it, it is a weight um, that we 
that we I think we all feel and we all know, um, but we we ought not bear it alone, but we should uh, bear it in support of one another. Um, so that's what's going on here, right? It's, it's too much for Moses to bear, and he's absolutely right. It's too much for your pastor to bear. He's absolutely right, or your or your congregational president, or or the elder, or your school principal, or your school teachers, or even mothers and fathers. Uh, Vicky says, reminds me of Viktor Frankl or even Solzhenitsyn about finding meaning or joy even in the midst of suffering in the most unpleasant circumstances. Yeah, and the persistence uh, needed here is that actually they're going to end up suffering for 40 years with the same food now after they refuse to go into the promised land. Uh, So this rebellion against God's word actually is what brings suffering upon us. This is why the life of the Christian is, yes, we we bear the consequences of our flesh and our rebellion, um, but we live then constantly in state of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, and uh, God promises us relief or peace um, in the midst of suffering. Then, uh, and that peace comes in Him in the forgiveness of sins and life and salvation He gives. Right. So that's really the only way through. This is why I love um, you know some of those wartime photos, especially um, World War II photos, where you know they're celebrating the divine service in the midst of a bombed out church, or or there's the chaplain you know on the front lines. Um, um, preaching God's word and, and distributing the Lord's gifts um, to soldiers kneeling um, even before going into battle, that kind of thing. So in the midst of difficulty, suffering, and pain, um, the only way through, I would suggest, um, yes, is to, is to join together with uh, fellow like-minded people, but around God's word for wisdom, for direction, and for comfort and peace that only forgiveness can give, right? That only Christ can give, right? So don't bear it yourself alone. Take a lesson here from Moses, pray to the Lord, um, and then also um, pray that he raise up others around you to, to bear you up to, you know, holy angels, lest you strike your foot against the stone. All right. So uh, maybe a little bit more of a summary. The people of Israel listened to the cravings of the rabble. The mixed mob of non-Israelites preached to Israel that God had not treated them fairly, and Israel believed their words. Is this not the way it is among us yet today? We hear the cravings of the world and begin to crave the food of this world rather than the food of God's mercy. This food is bestowed upon us freely in his preached word and in the sacrament of Christ's flesh and blood. We are called to remember this food of God's mercy which gives true Sabbath, that is, rest from slavery to sin, death, and the devil. Such remembering occurs each time we gather to hear his word preached and to be fed at his altar. And these things our Lord bestows his spirit upon us that we may remember that our salvation is from Christ alone. And Chris says, the Lord is sufficient. That's right. Um, sometimes we have to be reminded of that. And I don't think it needs to come from outside of us, right? Even the pastor needs to hear, uh, no, my grace is sufficient through you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, for example. Um, they've spoken in his ears. Actually, I actually had an encouraging word like that from one of our members, um, you know, with our funeral last week, which was a difficult funeral to preach for any number of reasons. Um, but a, a word of encouragement after the service, um, and, and told me that uh, I'd been prayed for, actually, that, that I could speak um, the word of God truthfully, but also in a spirit of gentleness and kindness um, and for repentance, which I thought was, um, I had no idea it happened. But um, I, I suppose that's what I'm uh, um, encouraging you to do uh, for me and for all those uh, who bear um, burdens, right? Um, given to them by the Lord, but yet they are still burdens. Thank you. All right, let's pray or sing, I should say. Well, it's a prayer too. Evening and morning.
collect for the week. Lord, we implore you, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil, and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Most merciful God and Father, in the Tenth Commandment, you teach us that our God-given relationships with others are sacred, and that they are to be honored and protected. For Jesus' sake, forgive us for coveting relationships with others that you have not given us. For every form of lust and self-centered desire, for wanting another person's spouse, for making a god out of people, for loving others more than we love you, and for trying to obtain the loyalty and affection of others that rightly belongs to our neighbor. Help us to be content with the relationships that you have given us. Grant us the gift of your grace and mercy in Jesus, so that in every way we encourage, support, and help our neighbors to maintain their God-given relationships in marriage, family, and workplace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God, for parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray today in Thanksgiving with Anne, celebrating her birthday. Pray for the households of our church, especially that of Jeremy, Terry, Jerry and Marla, Dennis, Brian and his family, and Eric. Continue to pray in Thanksgiving with Marcy, the gift of healing, and Allie and Teresa, the gift of communicant membership. Pray for our catechumens. 
Continue to pray for all those ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Pam, Joe, Dennis, Christopher, Sophie, Brad, Ron, and Doug, Bev, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Jim, Pat, Wendell, and Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially this month with the Orphan Grain Train. And we continue to pray for those grieving, um, especially the family and friends of Kelsey. I uh, also want to keep in our prayers um, uh, my friend Roy Askins uh, from seminary. He's actually Naomi's God, godfather. Um, he lost his sister to cancer, um, death by cancer. And we want to keep his family in our prayers as well. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, that's our congregation of prayer for today, Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. It's good to have you with us here. Um, Yes, it's good to have you with us as well. Those of you checking in in the chat, thanks for your comments and encouragement. I uh, appreciate you praying with me each day. Um, One, it gives me some discipline um, because I've committed to be with you here at 9 a.m. each day. Um, But also it's uh, encouraging to me as it was, I think, for Moses to have those 70 elders with him, um, to continue to pray with him and for him. And in his in his work as um, as their secular leader, really and spiritual leader to some degree as well, right? Aaron coming alongside him in that work. So um, yeah, I appreciate your prayers um, and your encouragement here. The uh, tonight six thirty we have divine service. Um, Wednesday night divine service is going to remain at six thirty p.m. Not going to have a time change on that. Um, so uh, continue to make plans to come out, and we'll continue. Um, actually, we're going to continue our 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 tread or trek, I should say, through Matthew. Uh, We had kind of a sermon series going there. I took a break last week um, for St. Michael and all angels, but now we're going to go back and continue to to plug through uh, Matthew's gospel in our evening sermon series. So uh, if you can make it out, I'd appreciate that. I think you would too. And uh, yeah, God be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.